Hello and welcome to UC Today. I'm Tom Wright and I'm delighted to be joined by Paul from Polly. How's it going, Paul? Hi, Tom. Uh, going fantastically. It's, it's summer, the weather's good. What's not to like? Uh, nice to meet you again. Yeah, exactly. It's great to have you on. I'm looking forward to this one, actually, because we had a similar discussion, I think, you know, a few months ago. And I've got a feeling some of the things we discussed and some of the predictions and trends may have gone a bit differently to, to how we'd expect. So talking about hybrid work, the return to the office, let's start off by setting the scene. What are you seeing out there at the moment? Well, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, businesses are committed to return to the office, getting people back into the, the real estate. Um, employees, um, you know, they're generally saying, yeah, they'll go back to the office. But, but you know, at the, at, the, at the start, as we saw people, you know, talking about coming back to the office, there was a great excitement about getting out of their homes and getting back into that workspace. Um, the, the, the office owners, the, the, the companies, they were quite excited about having people coming back. And, you know, coffee was getting laid on, free pizza in some cases. The reality is um, people aren't returning to the office quite as fast as was initially expected. They are returning. We are seeing people going back. Um, but, but the question is in, in, in what uh, volume. And, and the reality is that the, 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 um, the, the general employees are not coming back to the office in anything like the high three days a week uh, that everyone was predicting. It's more like uh, one day a week at the moment. And they're not showing any signs, certainly through the summer months, uh, of uh, rushing back. So very interesting times. Very interesting times. Yeah, so as you said, that trend is slightly different to what we expected. Maybe we thought it would be more of a balance between remote home and, and the office. What do you think sort of driving that? Um, I don't want to call it a reluctance to go back to the office, but maybe not wanting to go back as much. What's behind it? Well, well, it's interesting because because it is being um, you know the, the profile of people are not going back and they've been they've been termed the, the reluctant returners. In truth, there's a number of things uh, that are coming into play uh, for, for folks who, who you know historically you know were in the office, had two years working from home and now are expected to return to the office. The, the, the reality is they've got used to working from home. Um, and they've made it work. They've made it work through their own lifestyle choices. Um, uh, they've got used to the expense or lack of expense of, of uh, working from home. And that's a big thing people talk to me about is, you know, the, the commute is pretty expensive. It's expensive on time. It's expensive on money. Um, I, I know I have to buy my lunch as well. So, so there's, a, there's a thought going out there that, um, you know, if I'm going to return, companies have got to earn my commute. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. And that was a kind of an interesting uh, phenomenon. There's still reluctance for people to just go and, you know, mix with the masses as it were. So there's a concerns about safety, COVID, you know, Omicron. I think we're, we're on top of that. But, you know, what's coming next? And actually, do you want to really go and grab yourself uh, some, some, some Omicron? The other thing, though, which I think is, you know, a, a real core issue is the value of being back in the office. Um, people have been working at home for quite some time, and it's not that they're not going back, it's just they're not going back in the volume uh, that was expected. And that's because they're not yet seeing the value of returning into that office space. For sure, they do predict uh, for themselves that they're going to get value in collaboration, but how much collaboration are they actually going to do? And, and in fairness, you know, companies haven't yet figured it out. We as individuals haven't yet figured out how do we make sure when we do go to the office, the other people that we need to be there to collaborate with are going to be there as well? So there's a, there's a whole load of um, issues at, at, at play there and, and businesses do need to get a handle on how do you make it attractive for people to come back into the office? Yeah, and perhaps a year ago or so, we saw some high profile businesses, particularly in the tech space, be quite um, quite open and flexible about how they let their employees work, maybe sort of offering you know, remote working almost indefinitely. And, and now we're seeing some 
kind of not forcefully, but say, you know, we need you back in the office now. Maybe they've worked out that they need to have their people around a bit more. So I'm interested to know, you know, Polly, speaking to your customers, have you seen many businesses change their stance or realize that perhaps what they laid out at first wasn't the right path for them? So so it's worth saying that, that there are companies at the extreme. Um, and, and what I mean is extreme of, of opinion. There are some companies that say we don't want people back in the office. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for some businesses, you know, particularly, um, you know, some small businesses, um, maybe, maybe your own working from home is that it, that is the norm for the business. That's a remote, uh, office or remote working type of environment. There are some businesses that mandate we want everyone back in, you know, five days a week from date, whatever, first of, first of October. The reality is that's a statement and a stance. Um, and in both cases, it is. There's, there's more of a, a, a gravitating to a blend of the two. And what we've found over, you know, the last six months, 12 months is that you can't mandate return to the office. You have to magnetize return to the office. And what I mean by that is you have to make it attractive for people to come back into the office. And, and, and I don't mean, we talked earlier on about, you know, the expenses people have of commuting. I don't mean, you know, washing that away by giving people more, more money. That's not what people are asking for. They're, they're looking for, you know, good reasons to be able, sorry, to, to justify going into the office. And when they're in the office, being able to do the things that they want to do in the most productive fashion. So so what, what we're seeing now is a realization within within organizations that they need to do more to make the office a, an attractive place. And in the round, it's things like, you know, what's the culture uh, of the company that encourages people to come back? Um, who are the stakeholders and what are they getting out of people coming back into the office? Consideration to the demographics, because we're not all uh, the same. And, and, and so, you know, different people have different aspirations and, and you can you can do it by job style. You can do it by you know, age. Um, but the, but there, there, are, there, there are nuances um, and subtleties to the design of a return to the office plan that didn't exist before. And when incidentally, what it also means is not not everyone is in the office all of the time. So that's where the mandates of you know, everyone needs to be back in the office you know, five days a week kind of really doesn't work. Yes, you can mandate it. But in the global war for talent, you can only mandate for as long as people are willing to accept it. And I don't think people are going to be willing to accept it for a very long time. So so that point of changing and making the office an attractive place, and then it becomes part of the blend of a hybrid working scenario. The office is one location where you do your work, but you're doing things there in a particular fashion that you can't do quite so well, maybe working from home. And that's that, that's the thinking that businesses need to have. So let's talk about what businesses can do to ensure they're providing or finding that balance and also providing kind of the, the needs for people who want to stay remote, work at home and get that blend right. How are you um, when you're talking to customers, how are you helping them find that that balance? Well, so, so, so it's interesting. I, I should say there are some companies that are finding this themselves. OK, and, and I'll give you an example. So, so I built a little model in my mind of. When return to office first started happening, what did, what did we see as a company? And, and we saw three types of purchase uh, of, of our products. Um, so we're in the technology space. We're part of that people, place, technology um, um, uh, triad. And, and so what we saw was some companies would buy video bars to put in the existing rooms that they had. Um, we would make a product called Studio USB. They'd put that in the room. Pretty straightforward. Makes it easy. 
uh, bring your own device, plug it in, and you can work, you know, in the offices you were working from home, not, not a lot else changed. Very quick decision-making. Some other companies, slightly longer decision-making, recognizes that not all meeting rooms are created the same. So, so they would, um, they would design the technology in those rooms based on the size of the room, the use of the room. Um, and so, you know, they, they were longer cycle, but they would be designing a, a portfolio of solutions um, uh, from Poly. So not just our Studio USB I mentioned, but they were using Studio X, um, some of our um, uh, other technologies as well. They would be typically, you know, a 12 month project cycle. And then I saw some other companies, which goes to your answering your question, there were some other companies that thought, stop, hold on a minute. What is it we actually are as a company? What do we want to be to our uh, employees? What do we want to be to the outside world? So they started looking much deeper into what's the culture of the company? You know, what are the principles of this company? How do we support the culture and the principles through our working practices? And that means what do we expect by way of return to office? Much longer decision making, but much more impactful in the business. And the sort of things that they were doing it are the sort of things I'm now seeing a broader spectrum of customers uh, looking at is, you know, that cultural question. So, so building in things like, um, hey, we have return to office, but it's part of the portfolio of locations in hybrid working. So we need to build in flexibility. We also need to think about, you know, I mentioned demographics earlier on. You think about demographics of, of our associates. You know, if you're a younger person, it's, it was once said to me, you know, if, you, if you're, you're a young person, you use the office to, um, to, 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 to meet, to date, and to mate. Um, and, and that's not all young people are like, I have to say, just, some, I'm not trying to tar them all with that same brush, but, but you know, it kind of make, kind of makes sense. You know, you, you're looking for your networks, you're looking for your social networks, you're looking for your work networks, you know, and, and, and so on. If you're, if you're, if you're older, um, myself, for example, I go in for very specific reasons. I, I have my networks. I, I understand organization, the organizational culture. So I have different needs to going into the office. So companies need to think about that. You know, what's the demographics of the workplace? You also need to think about the types of works that are happening uh, in, in the office as well. How do you support that? So, so, you know, have you got a high need for collaboration? And some people will in some groups, if you're a designer, it may be very high need. If you're an analyst, you may actually need, you know, more um, focus in, in your work profile, in which case, you know, you may be more at home. So, so organizations moving towards thinking about the type of work, the type of people uh, that are in their organizations, those are the things that are becoming really, really important. And then, and then once we have done that, then you think about, okay, how, how do we make this organization through the culture that supports that, you know, demographic diversity, um, you know, the, the work style needs and so on. And that's what I'm seeing now. Businesses are moving towards catering for that element of it's no longer just about let's open the doors and they will come. It's more about thinking of the space. And I'll give you an example of a company that's gone this way. So, so Lego um, in Denmark, um, uh, we, we have uh, seen them go through. They were one of the early companies, incidentally, that did that. Let's think about what does this mean for the culture as they were thinking about return to the office, you know, a year and a half or so ago. Their office design now is, uh, is, is focused on a, a redistribution of uh, the space to just opened a new building and it's one third collaboration space unheard of historically. So one third collaboration space, one third is social space, 
and one third is focus space. And that's a very different blend from the way an office would have been designed in the past. And that's a direct result, as I say, of that deep thinking about your organization and the makeup of the organization. That sounds like quite a good example of taking the time and then arriving at a solution that sounds like it would be quite an enjoyable place to be in. It is one of the most fantastic offices uh, I have ever visited. I've not visited a new one. I visited the previous one. Um, and um, it's not only Lego they make for uh, their customers. They actually have the whole office is kitted out with the various Lego models and also some things have made themselves. It is truly stunning as an office to visit, for sure. Yeah, it sounds it. So let's talk a little bit then about kind of the, the products. You mentioned a couple of poly devices that have been quite popular. But what, what types of products are you seeing really in high demand at the moment? Um, so, so I'll talk about personal, I'll talk about group. Um, so when we, when we all rushed home, uh, what we saw was um, a rapid rise in the demand for corded headsets uh, and webcams. Okay, um, so very personal communication. What we're seeing now is uh, on the, that personal communication is a, a, a surge in demand, but for wireless headsets. So this is people on the go. So thinking Bluetooth headset that you're using with your laptop, Bluetooth headset that you're using with your, your mobile phone on the go, and, and wherever you are, you take your headset with you, we're seeing that move to wireless very, very strong. Uh, and so the Voyager range of products, Voyager Focus, Voyager Focus 2, uh, from Poly being particularly successful uh, at the moment. We're also seeing in that personal space for, for home use, people upgrading because they got through the COVID environment. So we make a, um, an all-in-one video bar, USB connected, connected to your PC. In fact, I'm on video in that at the moment um, uh, called a P15, and that has audio and video. And the audio has acoustic masking. We call it acoustic fence. Uh, so it removes all the extraneous noise outside of the beam uh, of the video. So we're seeing a surge in that. That's people investing in the long term now, recognizing home working is here to stay as part of that um, hybrid portfolio of work styles. The other thing that we're seeing, and we're seeing it really surge, is investment in video products for room video enablement. Uh, but but the, what's interesting here is it's the it's the um, whole range of collaboration space sizes. So from focus rooms where you can use you know the P15 or or the new uh, R30, which is a small room system video bar, um, to um, room uh, systems for small, medium, and large rooms. And po Poly, we make a range of products for Poly room kits, imaginatively called, uh, which are compatible with both Zoom, uh, Teams, and other vendor uh, as a service systems out there. But a real investment at the moment as well in our Studio X, which are all-in-one video bars, um, and, and they're compatible again with Zoom uh, and, with, um, and with Teams. They're systems that you can put in a single bar, put in a room, and you've video enabled your room, but you've also enabled it to work you know, natively uh, with Teams, uh, with uh, Zoom, and other vendors that are out there. Big, big increase in the demand for those products. So, so companies are getting ready for people to come back. They just say, as I, as I mentioned earlier, they just need to work on that magnetism uh, to have them a strong reason to come back in. Okay, I've just got one final question for you, Paul, and it's the, the tricky one. And if we have this conversation again in six months, it'll be interesting to see if things played out as we now uh, discuss. But what are your big predictions for the UCN collaboration space for, I guess, the second half of this year? So it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty interesting. I, I, I think we're going to see as we come out of the summer months 
a renewed confidence and commitment into investing in uh, technology enablement of return to office. And the reason I say I renewed is because people kind of knew they need to do it before and the, and the talk was of doing it. We did see uh, our product sales pick up uh, last year, particularly in video uh, enablement for, for rooms. Um, but, but as we came out of Omicron, we went into conflict in, in um, uh, in, in Ukraine, uh, there's uh, significant cost increases uh, in um, both both for consumers, but also for businesses, uh, just the general cost of living uh, passing uh, through as well. So, so there's been a period of reflection of organizations of what does this mean? In the meantime, what's happened is it's become clearer now. How do you enable a modern way of work? How do you enable hybrid working of which return to office is a significant part of it? And the, and the clarity of where it is we're trying to get to, you know, the, the um, transparency of, hey, there's the route map. This is, this is the things that will enable in the steps that you need to take, I think are gonna help um, uh, the whole industry and customers who use products in the industry really capitalize on a new form of hybrid working, which is really going to embrace, you know, a cultural change of how to use an office, but also how do me myself retain the choices I want to have a flexible work-life balance. So it looks great for the second half of the year. Let's um, let's hope everyone has a good summer holiday, comes back, uh, and can capitalise on it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an exciting time, and I hope we can have uh, this conversation again in a few months. But in the meantime, it's been great talking to you again, Paul. Tom, nice talking to you as always. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us and thank you everyone for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please give us a like and a share on social media and we'll see you next time. Bye.